Running. It's symbolic of the race we run in life. Are you looking for inspiration to help grow your interest and knowledge in running? On this show, I share tips, experiences, and interview runners who come from all sorts of different backgrounds and tell amazing stories. Runners, it's time to unleash your inner champion. I'm your host, Abe Hahn, and this is What The Run. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What The Run. And I'm excited to say that I have a good friend with me who I've known for many, many years. Wow, probably since 2007. Wow. Hasn't been that long. <laughs> it might have at least 2008. Uh, yeah, at least, at least 2008, 2008. Yeah. So it's been over a decade. Wow. But I am pleased to introduce Kevin Lee. He is a close friend. We are homies. We go back. We've eaten together. We've driven together. That sounds weird. Laughed together. Laughed together. Cried together. Gotten freaked out together. Yes. <laughs> which you might get into. <laughs> Um, but nonetheless, so glad to have him on the show. So Kevin, welcome to What the Run. Welcome to episode 18. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm very honored and I feel privileged to be on here. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you. So glad that we get to spend this time together because we actually hadn't talked in a while. So. No, and every time I get to hang out with Abe is always a good time, so... I'm just glad I get to hang out with you, honestly, <laughs> more than the podcast itself. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. And and I always tell, uh, I, I even told Paul TJ Park and Tim Park, who have been on the show before, that this is my excuse to just kind of shoot the breeze and <laughs> see what's going on in your life and maybe even learn a few things that I did not know before. So hopefully we can use that as an opportunity. And with that being said, let's get into it. All right. All right. So. I try to come up with new questions for you because you are a special person. Oh, boy. But there might be some carryover questions. Uh, just because, you know, I, I try to get the profile or get a sense of who you are uh, as a person and also as a runner. So we'll start with Kevin Lee, the person, if All you right. will. So I know you've played sports throughout <laughs> your life. And uh -huh. I know you're, you have some fascination with sports here and there. So in the world of boxing or even in baseball, you know, as you're getting ready to you know, go to bat or as you're entering the ring, you have kind of like a walk-up song, right? Like walk-up <laughs> music. If you had to pick a song to be your walk-up music, what would it be and why? Oh man, that's so hard. You know, I don't know. I don't, because I feel like my mood changes often. So like, I wouldn't always want the same song. You know, one day it's going to be an Uptown Funk, Bruno Mars kind of day. And another day, it's going to be like a hello, darkness, my old friend <laughs> kind of day. Um, I don't know. At the end of the day, it has to be something that I would want to like rock out to or jam to. Because it's got, it's got to get you pumped up to to some extent, you know? It right. can't just be like, oh, let's just play a soft, sad song. And I just said, hello, darkness, my old friend. It was, it, that was a joke. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think as long as it's a bop. Mm. I think that's what the the youths say. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's a bop, I'm I'm down. As long as it's a bop, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Most people hate this question, 
but I'm going to ask it anyway. Ooh. Or they get nervous <laughs> about it. Hate, hate is a strong word. I'm scared already. <laughs> but it might be kind of a nerve-wracking question. And I'm putting it on the spot because I, don't, I didn't cover this question with you okay. beforehand. If you had to describe yourself in three words or phrases to help, help our listeners better understand who you are, uh-huh. what would those words or phrases be? Oh, geez. Uh, Sorry, I don't start with the softball questions. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that is hard. Uh, uh, self-aware, I guess. Laid back. <laughs> and idealistic. Okay. Idealistic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the last one strikes me, idealistic. Yeah. What are some things in life that you're idealistic about, would you say? I think I'm idealistic about a lot of things. But I'm also realistic about a lot of things. I think I'm idealistic about a lot of the stuff that I that I care about. Idealistic in the sense that I'm willing to think of it, think of the ideal. Like I'm willing to picture it and envision it and also work toward it. Because um, I don't want it to seem like I'm naive or, or like, you know, I chase an ideal for, you know, no reason. So I, I do think... I am somewhat idealistic, but in a good sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. No worries. We're going to take a trip back down to memory lane. Oh, yeah. Kevin Lee, the kid. Kevin, the kid. Oh. I don't know if that has a ring to it or not. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember most about your childhood? What are maybe some particular memories? Anything that was impressionable? What can you say about it? I remember... Getting spanked a lot. Hmm. Grew up with two younger brothers, household of three boys. My mom was a strong woman. She was she was very scary. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I mean to keep us all in line, she she had to spank. We we did some crazy stuff growing up, you know, like really really weird things that maybe I shouldn't mention here. <laughs> um, Whatever. What the heck? I'll, I'll mention one. There's one day where uh, my younger brother and I decided that it'd be really fun to tie up our youngest brother. And so we, we like hamstrung him. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but like we, we, <laughs> we like tied him up with his legs uh, coming up behind his back with his arm behind his back like this too. And, you know, it's not like he's letting us do this. He's fighting and kicking and screaming. But so we, t- we hamstrung him this way. And then we picked him up because he was still pretty young at this time. And then we threw him into one of the rooms in our apartment, turned off all the lights, and then started to uh, whisper like scary noises through the door. <laughs> uh, and then my mom came home while we were doing that. And uh, we, we got in a lot of trouble that day. Oh God, I would but uh, it was hilarious to open the door and then notice that he wasn't there. And so we followed the sound of his crying. And he had used his chin to get under the bed. Because <laughs> he was scared. Oh, I don't know why I'm laughing. That's that, that makes me sound like a horrible, horrible person. But it was like that growing up. Yeah, we were rambunctious, crazy, crazy kids, boys. Yeah. Yeah, you were young. Yeah. Times you, have changed. Right? Times have definitely changed, yes. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we all have stories like that, right? And yeah. I hope have, so. <laughs> I don't I don't know about the hamstringing uh brother thing. <laughs> we all grow up in one way or another. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. 
Well, we're off to a flying start here. <laughs> <laughs> so y- you mentioned your mom as, uh, you know, a person of influence in the sense that she kind of, you know, set you guys right, make sure you guys were in line and all that. Who, maybe other than your mom, or could be your mom as well, has had some of the biggest influence on you in your life? Hmm. My wife, definitely. I mean, getting married has really changed me a lot. It's mellowed me out a lot. I've kind of, I feel like I've been forced to mature. She's been awesome, just in terms of my personal growth and uh, my personal life, but also just having her around like as a support, um, as somebody who's always kind of there for me. She's been great. Mm. Yeah. And how long have you guys been married for? A little over two years now. Wow, so two years. Maybe it's because we're still in our honeymoon phase or whatever. A lot of older couples like to say that to us. Kind of <laughs> like, can you like not rain on our parade? Like we're having a good time, okay? <laughs> Just leave us alone. <laughs> What's one thing that you really appreciate about marriage? One thing that I really... You know, it's having someone to come home to. I feel like a lot of people have like mentioned having like dogs at home, like greet them or something like that, mm-hmm. I, um, which is also nice. You know, I had dogs at my parents' house when I was growing up there. And then that that is really nice. But then it doesn't really compare to having a person to, to greet you there. Um, and who knows, maybe it'll be even more so when, when we have kids, you know, and like your kids come to greet you. But yeah, I think that is one thing that coming home to not an empty house, but one where somebody's been waiting for you because it's also different from like a roommate. Right. I mean, like roommates kind of doing their own thing. So like having somebody that was specifically waiting for you to come home is like a really great feeling. Hmm. Yeah. Good one. All right. So I know the the previous question or one of the previous questions about three words to describe you was kind of, it's hard. It's hard. Naturally, it's hard, especially if you haven't prepared for it. Let's do maybe kind of a a, a part two of that. Maybe have a little bit of redemption factor here. Oh, okay. (laughs) What's one thing you think people get right or correct about you? And maybe what's one thing that people get wrong or they're just completely off about you? Huh. I think, you know, this might sound weird or opposite, but I'm going to try to make it make sense. Okay. Um, I think one thing people get right about me is that because of my idealism, sometimes I come off a little bit more cynical. Right. Um, and I do think in some sense, there is sort of that tension there where I am a little bit more cynic on the cynical side and I'm aware of it. However, I think one thing people get wrong about me is that that's all I am, that I'm just negativity or cynicism, because I believe that a lot of that comes from a place in myself that wants everything to improve, that desperately wants to see the ideal realized. And so it's like, if you can kind of press past the the cynicism or the negativity, I have nothing but good things to say about whatever it is. And and the only reason why I am cynical or bitter about it is because I care about it. And uh, whether it's, it's relationships or, or church or, or something else, I think those are kind of two sides of the same coin. Uh, I don't know if that's a cop out answer, but cause I feel like I use the same thing to answer both sides. Of that, <laughs> <laughs> I hope that makes sense. That's interesting. I, I kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit deeper. And I know you, you just mentioned that you might be at a loss in terms of examples per se, but has there been a moment in your life 
as of now that just clearly stands out to you in terms of kind of that two sides of the same coin? Does anything come to mind when you talk about that? Yeah, of course. I mean, definitely church. I mean, I'm a pastor. So I think something I heard from other people when I decided to become a pastor was like, I'm surprised, but I'm also not surprised. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I had, I have a lot to say about the way the church is run, about the way about things that I see in church that I don't like or whatever else. But it's only because I care about the church that much, you know, that I do have a picture of, of what it should look like and what it could look like. And yeah, and I think I think anyone who has been willing to push past that and really get to know me on that level um, has seen that, I think. You know, I think you've seen that in me, that it is only because I care. And, uh, and sometimes I think it, it is necessary to have people like me if that's not what prophets were in the Old Testament, then I don't know what they were because they weren't people who were telling the future. Most of the time they were telling the people of Israel what they were doing wrong. Not that I'm calling myself a prophet or something. I'm just, I'm just giving an example. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Now, you mentioned you're, you are a pastor. And whenever that word is mentioned, all sorts of different people have all sorts of different ideas, perceptions, biases, what have you. What's one thing, so from your perspective, what's one thing you wish people truly understood about pastors or what it means to be a pastor? Hmm. Wow. That's really deep. I think one thing I wish people could know and remember is that pastors are people. They have feelings and emotions. They also react to things. They um, mess up. They go through stuff. It's heartbreaking to know that you know, that there are pastors out there who are going through difficult times or tragedies or other things, and they're not able to talk about it, like, freely. Um, Whether it's because it's Sunday and they just have to go up there and run the service or, you know, they just don't really have anyone to turn to. It it is sad. And um, I think that is something I hope people can know and remember, you know, that we need prayer. We need your support. We need your sympathy and concern um, just as much as you need ours. Yeah. So, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because even in the churches that I've grown up in and even attend now, I don't want to put it in a box and say it's necessarily just burnout, but pastors do get burnt out. They feel such immense pressure because the spotlight is on them and there's this pressure to, in a way, perform and you mm. could define that however you will. But there comes a point where it's just too much to handle. Right. Or it can be too much to handle. And so as you're sharing about this, I realize I think people are beginning to realize that this is a trend. It it just gets to the point where, man, I can't handle it. (laughs) And how pastors react to that, it it varies, of course. But yeah, just when you mentioned that, I think that really hit home in seeing other pastors that I've grown up with or, or currently have as well they're going through that and trying to recover from it as well. Yeah. Hmm. Shifting gears a little bit. I almost said swifting gears. (laughs) February 22nd, 2014. (laughs) Does that date happen to ring a bell or might, might you take a guess? Well, I mean, you mentioned it earlier when we were grabbing dinner, but um, yes, the race on the base in Los Alamitos. I remember, (laughs) remember it very clearly. I remember the pain, the agony, the despair. 
I also do remember the triumph, but I don't know if it's like as intense or like visceral as the pain. Mm. So to understand the triumph, I think we have to understand the struggle too. Can you take me back to the morning of, or maybe even the days leading up to the race, kind of what you were facing, what you were up against, and ultimately what made, we'll get to the triumph, but ultimately what was the struggle that made the triumph relatively sweet? Um, So I remember this because I think I reached out to you. I, I don't even know why I did this. It was on a whim. I was working full time. I was bored. I was like, race on the base looks fun. <laughs> and I reached out to you. I said, hey, can I do race on the base with you? And you were like, of course. <laughs> and then you said, let's trade. And I said, all right. And we trained twice. <laughs> we went running one time and I, I died. I still remember that day. It was hot. Um, and you kept wanting to run. And I was like, I need to walk in. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> And then there was the bike day where we biked all the way to Seal Beach, was it? Yep. I almost died. I was going to die that day. Oh my gosh. I never thought I could weep as I as I pedaled. But that, that, that day was, I got close. Oh, especially after we got to Seal Beach. And then you were like, all right, let's eat. And then we're going to head back. It's like, <laughs> I'm losing all hope here. We're only halfway. Oh gosh. But... Yeah, all the those two days of training, that was it. And then we got there on the day of the race. And then, uh, of course, I had a meniscus tear from the football tournament we played at together. And I had no idea I had a meniscus tear, but my knee was hurting that morning. So it was like, well, we can't do anything about that. So I asked you if you could tape it. And all you had was the bright neon green KT tape. <laughs> Good memory. <laughs> yeah, it was neon green. I remember that because I just was like, Abe, you just had to have the most conspicuous color possible <laughs> for this. And we taped like, man, I think you, I think we had like five or six layers of tape on it. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. And oh my gosh, it's so sad. Like, you know the pictures, the photos that they sent? Mm-hmm. I still remember those photos because you could see me in my agony and then like the KT tape just like coming off all over my leg (laughs) oh my gosh and then what was it it was a 5k and then i forgot how long the bike yeah so like 20 miles uh it was a 5k i think the biking was about 13 miles actually yeah no i'm totally exaggerating because i'm i was in so much pain felt like 20 miles i'm sure 5k 13 miles and then was that 800 meter swim it was fairly short it was fairly short i can't remember off the top of my head yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it was like, like 800 meters. I'm, yeah, it definitely wasn't lower than 800. Because it wasn't like a like a you know one and done type of thing. Right. Yeah, you had to go back and forth. Anyway, yeah. So, and then it was a reverse triathlon, right? So, a reverse mini triathlon. I'm going to be honest here. I think the running was the worst part. Because <laughs> my knee was in so, it was in screaming pain. Yep. I think that was one of the slowest 5Ks I had ever run in my entire life. I was fat. I was like out of shape. I think I hit 30 minutes. I was one of the last people in on the 5K. And then the bike ride was was torture. <laughs> like, wow. I don't even... During the bike ride, I was just trying everything in my power to not think about the bike ride. I was like, we just need to end. We just need to end. 
And then、um, the swim was great. And <laughs> you know what was the most embarrassing thing? Is when I got off my bike, when I got back to the, to the, the common area. Yeah, the transition. Sw- yeah, the transition yeah. area. And then I, I put my bike, I, I dropped my kickstand. And by this point, I'm like noodles. Like my legs and arms are just noodles. I'm like flailing. And I look to my right, and it's you and Kevin Cho and Wesley and Bryant. And you guys are all chilling. Like, you guys finished like half an hour ago or something. And you guys are like, yeah, go, Kevin. And I'm like, I want to die. <laughs>、um, but I will say, once I dove into the water and I started swimming,、um, I was good. Like, the swim was probably the quickest and easiest part for me. I passed a bunch of people in the pool.、Um, Otherwise, I probably, probably would have been last. <laughs>、um, but anyway. So, all throughout the race, at what point were you pretty certain that you were going to finish? Like, did it, was that early on? Was it later on?、Uh, as soon as I got off the bike,、mm. when I saw the pool, I was like, I'm going to do this. this. This is okay. But all 13 miles of the bike, I was like, I'm going to die. I want to write my last will and testament. <laughs> During the 5K, I was like, I'm going to die. I'm not going to finish. I'm going to collapse. And they're going to need to cart my body off, to, off the field. But, you know, I somehow did it and I finished it. And I was very proud of myself. I never want to do it again, but I was very proud of myself. <laughs> and I have to say that for、uh, Kevin mentioned some names of, you know, Mutual friends who had we'd done the race with, and we were genuinely happy for Kevin because we realized how much of a struggle bus it was to get through the race. But I think more than that, I know this sounds like a terrible cliche, but to rise from the ashes of adversity. <laughs> Sorry, I, I did not take creative writing, but, but in all seriousness, to go from such adversity, I mean, a meniscus tear, a meniscus tear. I mean, that's. Most people would probably say, I can't take the pain anymore. I'm going to stop. And I don't know whether to credit your youth or, or my stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I exacerbated my terror, Abe. You might, you might <laughs> Let's not set this up as a model for people to follow. Like that, that, I should have stopped immediately. <laughs> yeah, there are two, there are two, two takeaways you, you might get out of this,、uh, both on contrasting sides. One might be if you're injured, pay attention to your body. The other part of it, of it is there's some grit involved. But, but nonetheless,、um, we were so glad to see you cross the finish line and celebrate with you. And it's hard to believe that was a little over five years ago. Right. Almost five and a half years ago, back in 2014.、Hmm. So I wanted to ask do you come from a running background? Did you, did you do any running sports、uh, growing up or in high school, college? Um, I played tennis for most of my life, so not too much running. It's like mostly sprints, right? Like very short distance.、Um, I played baseball. I just did little league when I was in elementary school and then basketball as well. But of course, both, all of those are just like kind of more like short distance kind of sprint. And then in high school, in my sophomore year, I joined the cross country team. It was my like first foray into more long distance running. And I only did it because of my friends. I just wanted to hang out with friends.、Um, it was really fun running with them. 
um, especially like cross country practice and stuff on days when it was not interval training day. Those were horrible. People were throwing up. Not a good look. Um, and then there was one year, I think my junior year, I actually ran track for a little bit. I was a very average runner in all of those. I, I think my fastest 5K time was like 23 minutes. Um, my fastest 100 meter dash was 13.1, something like that. It's all like pretty average. I'm like, I wasn't slow, but I wasn't fast by any means. Also, I've always been kind of like a bigger, bigger boy. I don't want to say fat. I don't, I don't think I'm like obese or anything, but like on the bigger side, I guess. Yeah. 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 So running was never like my thing ever. Yeah. Do you have any interesting stories from either your time as a high school cross country or track athlete? Man, cross country, dude, they, they had those like really short shorts with like, kind of like a underwear netting on the inside yeah like a lining yeah right? and it was really uncomfortable super uncomfortable and so like because i also didn't want my area to be touching any of that netting so who knows where that netting's been you know i've washed it and all that stuff but yeah so i would always wear underwear under it right and man became nasty down there sweat jungle it was disgusting and because it would ride up too you know, and it's short shorts. It's not, it's not like long basketball shorts. They're like way up here. So when they're already almost at the top and they ride up, what happens? I'll tell you what happens. It becomes a thong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there are a lot of races and it wasn't just me. It was like everybody running. So, and it's just nobody cares, you know, cause you're like, you're just focusing on your race. But yeah, like those, those are some nasty times. And then. Yeah, like track was crazy too, you know, but track was a lot less intense, I think, other than practice time because, you know, you would run your race and then you'd wait for the next heat. So it wasn't too bad. And the cross-country practice was always really fun. I remember it being very enjoyable, even though we're running like 10 miles. But, you know, you're running with your friends around the neighborhood and you guys are talking and laughing and joking. Um, yeah, I think running with your friends always made it really fun. Hmm. And you bring up an interesting point because uh, Tim Park in, I think, episode 16, I'm losing track of the episode numbers now, um, he had mentioned something similar about kind of a social aspect of running. So it's interesting because Tim actually is not an avid runner. He actually doesn't like running too much, even though he's he ran in high school and he did the marathon. But mm. I don't want to call him an anti-runner, but if he had a choice, he wouldn't. But he did acknowledge one of the things was that social aspect. Like it would be, if anything, the one thing that would get him to run. And so one thing I wanted to ask is, and it's kind of a multi-part question. Are you actively running now or what's kind of your... Um, I can't. I mean, I mentioned it before with the meniscus tear, um, but I got surgery to repair the meniscus tear that I should have gotten way before that, even before the race on the pace. But... Yeah, after that surgery, uh, I kind of focus more on weightlifting just because it's it's a lot less strenuous in terms of like constant pounding. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, you ha I have to bend my knees to do squats or something like that. But that's like you do five sets of five and then you can't do squats every day either. So it just isn't as much of a like burden on the joints. So that's kind of why I've been doing it. But in, ter in terms of cardio, like I try to bike now or 
like the stationary bike, or I go on the elliptical, because the, on the elliptical, you know, there's no strain on your knees. Right. Um, so I'm I'm kind of watching out for the health of my knees. Yeah, I, but one thing I have been getting into actually, and I actually didn't tell you this, so surprise on you, huh? <laughs>、um, I actually really like walking. Okay. Yeah, I've been really enjoying going on walks,、uh, which I actually discovered playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> That makes me sound like such a loser. But <laughs> hey, it gets you walking, right? Yeah.、Um, I don't really play Pokemon Go anymore, but I still enjoy walking, like even if it's just. Put on some music and like kind of walking and seeing the scenery. Right. I also walk like an old man. I don't know if you are aware of like Asian grandpas. You know, like they put their hands behind their back like this and they kind of like stroll like this. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I don't. Oh, you don't? Like, I, I've here, seen them me, like swing like, their arms up and down. You know, like this. No. Like so, this? so they just put their hands in their back and、yeah. they just kind of like look in the distance, like kind of. Okay, interesting. I'll have to look out for that next time. I mean, I don't, I don't run, but that's still something I enjoy doing. And even that, I can't do that long, otherwise my knee starts to、uh, flare up. I actually have to wear a knee brace when I go to like、um, amusement parks or somewhere I have to walk for a long time. Got it. But yeah, okay. So it's not that I hate running.、Um, it, running is very painful, <laughs> so、um, I, I don't particularly enjoy it. However, I think. Uh, because of my knee condition, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And I really appreciate that response on multiple levels because one, I think for our listeners who might be faced with a similar situation in which they're injured, either temporarily or semi permanently, permanently or permanently, it kind of gives them insight into what they can do in lieu of running. So you mentioned walking, ellipticals, stationary bike, weightlifting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and the, but I, I think on the other hand, or additionally, one thing I appreciate about your response too is that, interestingly enough, you're the second person in a row that doesn't really see. Well, I should rephrase this. That doesn't really treat running as your go-to, whether it's out of necessity or or desire. But nonetheless, you still find other ways to be active, which I think goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, I think running is valuable in terms of cardiovascular health. Like, I think human beings probably aren't built for like running super long distances, but you know, I've I have seen documentaries that talk about how one of the reasons why humans are able to survive is actually their long distance running ability, which outclasses most other like animals,、um, which is really interesting to think about and. So yeah, I don't, it's not like I hate running.、Um, it, again, it is very painful, but I don't hate running. I think the runner's high is a real thing.、Um, that euphoria you feel when you're in the thick of it—it's it, real and it's genuine, and that's what keeps people coming back. I can't do it, so I'd rather not force myself to do it and injure myself further. You know, I've grown up since then, since the race on the base. I've learned from my mistakes. <laughs> Yeah, and、uh, you know I have to get my cardio in somehow, so elliptical and bike will have to do. So, yeah, it's maybe not as fun as being outside and getting to run around with your friends, but you know you do what you can. Right. So we're gonna get a little bit philosophical here. Oh, I call I this philosophical. <laughs> yeah, I call this the billboard question. Oh.、Okay. It's gonna sound like two different questions, but it's one question rephrased in another way. So, what is your life motto? Or to phrase it differently, if you could put any words 
text or phrase on a billboard for the world to see, mm-hmm. what would it be and why? I think I'd probably put the Bible verse John thirteen thirty four thirty five. A new command I give to you, uh, love one another. It's such a poignant command from Jesus. And I don't know, every time I drive down the freeway to my church and and sometimes when I'm just looking on the outside of the street, there's a lot of billboards about like, God created you. Do you want to talk to him? Or like, there are other ones that are like, you know, sin is real. Hell is real. Where are you going to go? And, you know, things like that. And then it's like, there's like a phone number. I don't know. I personally, I feel like I want to live out the commandment that I feel like I was given um, by Jesus. And um, I want to show people that that is the commandment for Christians too. So I want Christians to see that and think, oh, it's not a optional thing. <laughs> it's a command from from the Lord himself. And I want non-Christians to see that and think, oh, like they're serious about this, that this is something that the church is trying to do, you know, um, hmm. more so than scare you into coming out. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Does that come from any personal experience or any... So, so I kind of wanted to dig dig a little bit deeper as far, and you you gave a rationale for it, but what was there any particular trigger for you mentioning those verses, a particular experience or anything that kind of popped um, that into your head? I came across it in my studies during seminary. It really drastically changed the way I looked at scripture and I, the way I looked at church in general and the way I, I see kind of the, the mission or the vision of what we're supposed to do as Christians, because it's not just there, right? Like Jesus mentions it again in John 15. Um, it's mentioned in First John 4. It's mentioned in multiple times in First John 4. Paul mentions it in Galatians 5, I believe. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to check right now. But uh, And Romans 13, he mentions it. It's everywhere. <laughs> and that really changed my perspective on what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and how I am mobilizing my own church or my own congregation as a pastor. It's like, it's changed drastically rather than pushing them into more like abstract spiritual disciplines of like prayer or, or um, Bible study or Bible reading, right. Or meditation. It's like those things are tools to help us to love better. And if they are not developing within us an ability to love others better and more deeply and more faithfully, then I think you're doing them wrong. Hmm. I think you are doing them wrong. If all you're getting out of your prayer and Bible reading is personal fulfillment, it was not meant for that. It never was. Hmm. Do you think about anything while you're walking? Oh, yeah, all kinds of things like my next sermon or, you know, just random thoughts in my head. I, I listen to a lot of news when I'm walking too. So it's like random world events. Um, I mean, I'm not going to get political here, um, but like that stuff, um, other I- ideas that I might have for something else. Yeah. Things I need to do. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot. It's, it's never just blank. I'm always thinking about something. Sometimes I, I listen to your podcast while I'm walking around thinking, I can't even run, but like, 
so I can listen to this podcast about running. <laughs> <laughs> um, all kinds of things. And I appreciate that, by the oh, way. Yes. So for anyone who's new to running or newer to running, you've had your experiences and you've shared some of your insights, the things that you've learned over the years. What's maybe one piece of advice that you would offer to such a person who's kind of caught the running fever or like in the beginning stages of it Mm -hmm. and they're hungry for advice or hungry for your take on running? What would you share with them? I would say listen to your body. When your body hurts, it's hurting for a reason. And I, I don't mean like just like the regular pain you get when you're running. Like that's just, you know, your lungs aching, that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like chronic pain, stuff that like that you shouldn't be hurting constantly <laughs> if you are running. And so I would say listen to your body, listen to what it's telling you. If you are having chronic pain or pain that doesn't go away within a few days, I'd say lay off the running, like at least for a little bit, rest, recover, and then you can get back into it later when you're, you know, in a in a more healthy state and ready to tackle the running itself because yeah, you shouldn't be pushing through it. It's there's, <laughs> I, I know I, I don't want it. I don't want it to make it seem like it's always bad to, to push through, but yeah, sometimes it really is bad to push through that kind of pain. There's not anything manly or, or, you know, impressive about it. Sometimes you're just being dumb and you are damaging your body beyond what it should be being pushed to. So right. yeah. And again, I, I want to qualify it. Yeah. I'm sure there are races and other places where you do want to push it to the limits, but yeah, I think definitely listen to your body, especially if you're a beginner. I, I'm a beginner too, I think. <laughs> um, and that's something I had to learn the hard way. So please don't be dumb like me and <laughs> learn from my mistakes. Listen to your body. <laughs> I think that's good advice because especially, yeah, I think as you mentioned, if you're relatively new, newer to running, or I think even just when you're younger, you know, our bodies tend to recover relatively quickly. And in our minds, we have these huge goals of, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. So I think sometimes we get blinded into what our big goal is without really realizing what we're going through in the moment. And so I think that's really, really good advice. And also... Uh, not to mention, we're looking out for the long-term health, right? Right. Of our own bodies, so. Okay. Is there anything that I should have asked you but didn't? What? And I know that sounds like a bizarre <laughs> question, but the reason I ask this is because some guests, and I'm not going to say this was either Paul, T.J., Parker, Tim Park, but I've I've heard that you know, sometimes when people go on interviews or on shows or podcasts, there's something that they just really wanted to talk about. And we're kind of low key hoping that the host would ask them, but they just never really got to express what they wanted or expected to express. So again, I I know it sounds like an unusual question, but is there anything that you wanted to kind of like get off your chest or, or wanted to share with the listeners or with me, or you just wanted to say, Oh, I want to share something with the listeners then. I want everyone to know how much effort Abe puts into this podcast. I am so impressed, like always, by the production quality and how much thought and and real like reflection he puts into coming up with the questions and leading the interviews. 
I have a genuinely good time listening to your podcast, Abe. And like, I listen to lots of podcasts. So that, like, I don't say that lightly, you know, and I feel like you're the type of person that wouldn't say anything about it otherwise. So I want to be the person to share it with the listeners. Like, this is a high quality podcast. Please share it. Please subscribe. And Abe's a great guy. <laughs> Wow, thank you so much. I did not pay Kevin to say that by any means. <laughs> did not expect that. Uh, but thank you so much for the plug. I, I appreciate that. And whatever value I can bring, uh, whether that's entertainment, education, edification, what have you, that's certainly the goal. So again, thank you so much for your kind words. Well, that takes us to the next segment. The second to last segment, technically, but someone consider it the last segment. We call this the 100-meter dash. Some people call it the lightning round, speed round, rapid-fire questions. The sprint. So I, I know this sounds so lame, but we've we've been through 26.1 miles of the marathon. You had the final 100 meters left to the finish line. Kevin Lee, are you ready to do Ugh, I can't talk today. Kevin Lee. My mouth is sprinting. <laughs> are you ready to do the 100-meter dash? I'm ready to finish okay. this marathon okay. with you, Abe. Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> and for our listeners who are tuning in, um, Kevin has not seen these questions in advance. <laughs> Actually, he didn't see a lot of questions <laughs> for today in advance. Well, most of the questions today were pretty <laughs> big surprises. So. Um, so I'll basically state a phrase or ask a question, and then you'll say pretty much the first thing that comes to your mind. I didn't count how many questions or phrases there were, but or statements there were, but we'll just run with it. Okay. Pun intended. All right. All right. <laughs> let the 100-meter dash begin. Kevin, what is a nickname your friends call you? Bevan. Bevan with a B. <laughs> interesting. I actually knew that, but I still think it's interesting. <laughs> what is your favorite color? Black. Favorite place to travel? Uh, Home. <laughs> That's sweet. Your wife would appreciate that. I'm a homebody. Okay. okay fair <laughs> enough. If you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? Batman. Because? He's awesome. He's so cool. He also has money. <laughs> <laughs> All the above is true. pastors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. I'll cut you some slack there. Hidden talent. Hidden talent. Ooh. Um... Oh, geez. I don't have any hidden. Most of my talents are pretty pretty out there. I don't know if I have any hidden talents, unfortunately. Mm, that's okay. You're just being generous with the world and showing them all what you have. I can belly roll. I did not know that. You can belly roll. I can belly roll. That is impressive. Like just my belly. Like I can't, I can't like do a body roll, but I can do a belly roll. I think a belly roll is just as impressive. I can't do it. I don't know. My wife thinks it's gross. <laughs> ironically the next statement is about your wife what is your favorite thing about your wife my favorite thing about my wife i love how she cares for other people mm, good one best thing you own under 100 dollars. under 100 dollars? correct or less than 100 dollars. um my wedding ring mm. last song you listened to Ooh, I think it was Christmas in L.A. by Wolfpack. Wolfpack? Mm hmm For our listeners, is it, do you know the spelling to that? Or? Oh, uh, V-U-L-F-P-E-C-K. Wolfpack. 
great funk band. Highly recommend. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to take a listen. Favorite number? Oh, 12. 12. No, 7. 7. Which one is it? Both. <laughs> 12 and 7. Okay. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst driver, 10 being the best driver ever, how good of a driver are you? I like a 5. 5. Okay. I've never been in an accident, but I wouldn't ever call myself like i don't think i trust my driving skills right mm, yeah okay interesting biggest pet peeve biggest pet peeve um inconsiderate people and people who are really full of themselves mm. okay favorite day of the week Ooh, monday monday is that kind of like your sabbath day yeah day of rest I, or it's supposed to be i still work but like mm. i get to sleep in because my tutoring starts later on Monday okay. than on the other days. Fair enough. Yeah. If you're a crayon in a crayon box, what color are you? Um, I am purple. Purple. Okay. I'm, I don't know why. I just I just thought of a color. That's fine. Yeah. It's just the first thing that comes to your head. Uh, last but not least, fill in the blank. Running is pain. <laughs> What is it with my interviewees saying running's painful? <laughs> no, I, I think I think that's just like the most like poignant memory I have of running. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think that the race on the base was was the most intense thing I did before I got my surgery mm. in terms of running. Mm. So I just that I just cannot forget the the pain of that five k. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. I, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. I just running is always also great, but it's painful. Yeah, but it's painful. <laughs> All right. Well, Kevin, no pain, no gain. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Kevin, you have made it to the finish line this time without exacerbating your meniscus tear. Yay! Before we wrap up on this episode, though, is there anything that you? I, I know you shared some things, but is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Anything that you're working on, or that you'd like to promote, and for which you'd like to get the word out? I don't really, not really working on anything. I'm I'm a pastor. Mm. Yeah, if you need me to come teach somewhere, please hit me up. Please hit him up. Yeah, and pray for him too. If you have uh, private tutor needs, please let me know. <laughs> I would love to take more clients for monetary compensation. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you mention it, maybe I can put something out. In terms of tutoring, what's your kind of range of students that you take or subjects, grades, ages? Oh, like anybody, elementary school all the way up to high school, even college, anything regarding writing or reading or language arts, grammar, any of that stuff, SAT. SAT? Okay. Yeah. That's um, big. And then math, but only up to the SAT level. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Got it. I have not done calculus in, since high school, which, which is a very long time ago. So I don't think I could do that anymore. Okay. Fair enough. Well, if we have any parents or anyone, nieces, anyone has nieces, nephews, what have you, um, they can and they live in the Southern California, Orange County area. Orange County area. Yeah. They can you guys can reach out to me if you know me personally, or just hit me up via DM and I can connect you with Kevin. I can vouch that he's a great teacher. I I, I mean he hasn't taught me the SAT or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but in other capacities, I've seen him uh lead or kind of shepherd or guide other people. I've seen him do it well and with much and great intention. 
So I, that's my plug for you. But with that Thank being you. said, uh, <laughs> anything else you want to share or uh, should we call this a wrap? No, let's call it a wrap. Okay. Well, like a sandwich, we're going to wrap this up. Yum. I love sandwiches. You love sandwiches? I do too. I had one yesterday. <laughs> But with that being said, thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of What the Run. Thank you so much, Kevin, once again for my pleasure being uh, so gracious and accepting and being a guest for the show. Stay tuned for the next episode, and we'll see ya. Bye. <laughs> hey, are you still listening? Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of What the Run. If you liked it please help spread the word about the show. You can direct your friends to either my website, whattherunshow.com, or your friends can also listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. If you have any feedback for me, I want to make things better and right for you. So on my website, whattherunshow.com, I have a comments, feedback, or suggestions box toward the bottom of my homepage, fill it out and let me know what you think of the podcast but until the next episode keep running my friends and i'll see you at the finish line